Let me start in verse um, in verse 15. Yes, yeah, let's start in verse 15. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Verse 17. I keep asking that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparable, excuse me, and his incomparable power for those of us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. And it goes on from there, and we'll, we'll talk about that later. But first, I want to, as I read this scripture, this is, to me, this is a, a obviously an amazing scripture. But when I read it, I, I read it kind of like I read it. But I want to read it again. I want to read it in maybe a time, in maybe a mindset or an emotion that Paul was having when he was talking to the people at Ephesus. He's come to join them. He's spoken to them. He's spoken words of encouragement to them. And he hears about their great faith in the Lord. And he's excited that they're growing, that the love he, that they have for one another and for God Almighty, and that is just, a, to me, that just spawns a, a, um, a supernatural anointed prayer that he's praying over the people at Ephesus. So let me just read this again, starting at verse 17, in, in maybe a different tone that would capture uh, his heart and his passion for the people. So if I can pray this again, he said, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you can know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, that, the, that in order that you may know the hope that he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparable greatness, great power for us who believe. There is passion in what Paul is praying for the people at Ephesus. And that prayer continues to this day for what God wants for his church. Amen? He wants his church to know him better. And, and in this, Paul says a couple of key things. He says, he says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father. It's interesting. He's talking to a, a church in Ephesus, and it's interesting to me how we read all of Paul's letters. He continually connects Jesus with the Father. He makes no mistake about that, and he makes no um, bones about that. In other words, he wants to continually emphasize that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and he is the only way to heaven. There is no other way. There is no other source to heaven other than 
belief in the Son of God. And he continues to, to connect those two points, the Father and the Son, together always. And it's interesting, every time we read, or just about every time we read of a letter, Paul is always connecting those dots. He wants to emphasize, 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 there is no other way unto salvation but Christ alone. Christ alone. And then we go on to see something that he, that he prays, like, uh, that, that the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that he would give you the spirit or a spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's interesting looking at, at that word wisdom. Um, excuse me, just a minute. <laughs> Let me take a look at my notes here, get back on track. <laughs> Paul has passion for his people at a deep, intimate level to know the fullness of the Lord and a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Wisdom, thinking about wisdom, a broad and full intelligence, reading the scriptures, gaining precise and accurate knowledge of Jesus. Dear ones, we're living in a time that is something else, if I can say that word. We're living in a time that... I. I used to say, let me say it this way. I used to say in, in Gothenburg, I used to say, I think we're just on the I think we're just on the on the cuff of the end of times. We're just on the cuff. And and it's been it's been twenty years later. And in those twenty years, a lot has happened. A lot has changed in this world. 20 years for someone my age is it's that's not that long but there's been a lot lot a lot of changes where we are today is nowhere where we were 20 years ago today we live in a time where satan can easily take a portion of scripture and so gently twist it and use it as a hook to get people, to grab people that don't know the full word of God. Does that make sense? Just, a, just twisted just enough. And they believe enough of that twist that it gets them off kilter. And this is exactly what Paul is praying against. He's saying, I pray that the Father would give you a spirit of wisdom to understand the word of the Lord, to know precisely and accurately what the word of the Lord says, because we're going to hear all kinds of things. As we continue to walk through the times that we're living in, we're going to hear uh, uh, things that people would say that, that they would say that is of the Lord, and if we would take the time to read the Bible, we would know that that's not of the Lord. We, we need to be a people that as we continue to walk through these times, we're not swayed by different types of theologies. We want to be biblically accurate in what we know. It's not what this person says and, and maybe that famous person says or, or this person over here that has a, has a big church. It's, it is biblical accuracy that we're after. It is Found, it is biblical accuracy 
that is foundational to carrying us through the life that God has called us to live. If we start to drift from biblical accuracy, we'll begin to sway into the things of the devil. And we'll, be, and we'll continue to sway into things that we just don't need to be in. We need to be biblically accurate. We need to know what the word of the Lord says. We need to continue to draw upon a spirit of wisdom to give us divine insight. God, what are you saying to me in your word today? Lord, how does your word accurately how does your word accurately speak into the very situations I'm going through? Lord, how does your word accurately speak to a, very, to a certain situation? Accurate. Biblical accuracy. Along with that is a revelation. Paul says, God, I pray that you give them the spirit or a spirit of wisdom and revelation to know God fully to know him and understand him the best that we can. It's interesting as we think about as we think about revelation. Revelation is again knowing precisely and knowing as 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 deep as we can the things of God, particularly in his word. But it's also coming before God and seeing supernatural works of God moving in our lives. Amen? God still moves in supernatural ways. God still do, does supernatural things. I want to I turn to a scripture that's in the Old Testament. It's, it's, a, it's a great story. It's a story of, of, the, of the prophet Elijah. And he's, he and his servant are uh, in a situation. They, they found themselves surrounded by one of the king's men that are coming for them. And, and Elijah is mm, spiritually knowledgeable to know the situation. He's grounded. He knows what's going on. But the servant... The servant is, is over here, and he's, he's not so sure. In other words, he's looking out, and with these eyes, he's seeing something that is really, um, really disturbing him. So Elijah prays a prayer that's amazing to me. He prays, prays a prayer that says this, O oh Lord, open his eyes so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. And as the enemy came down towards him, Elijah prayed to the Lord, strike these people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness, and as Elijah asked, and the story goes on from there. But it's amazing to me to look at that story and to look at a man that that knew the situation, that understood the situation. He could see, Elijah could see what's going on with his eyes, but he also had something going on that he could see and he knew what was going on in the spiritual realm. That we would pray to have that type of supernatural intervention. That God would show us at certain times in our lives, certain situations in our lives, 
that he would open up our eyes and we would see what we need to see. The servant saw the chariots of fire and he saw the servants of God and it had to greatly encourage him as he looked out over there instead of looking out straight ahead. And he was encouraged and he knew that, that the Lord God Almighty is directing their steps, that the Lord God Almighty is faithfully watching over them, that the Lord God Almighty is directing the steps that they're to go. As we continue on in this passage, there's another word I want to point out. So Paul says, He may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. That English word know directly translates to the Greek word epinosis. Epinosis. That word epinosis is an interesting word. The word means clear, precise, accurate, and, um, oh, for crying out loud, clear, precise, accurate, experiential knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, of the Word of God. Paul is praying, give them a spirit of revelation so that they may know. Now, when we read that word know, it's kind of like the word love in our language. We use the word love, and, 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 and Greek words has a multitude of words to cover that word that we use for love. Same, as, same word for know. There are, um, there are different words in the Greek for that word know. The word he's using here is epinosis, and the word epinosis is a clear, precise, accurate uh, experiential knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, in, in other words, reading the word, knowing the word, living in the truth of the word, but connected with that is walking in divine faith, walking in a power of the Holy Spirit that begins to open up an experiential knowledge that we just don't know because we know up here. We know because we've experienced some miraculous, divine, intervening areas of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. And we know that we know that we know that we know that God Almighty, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, is watching over our lives, is directing our lives, and that he is pouring forth ushering forth a path that we would walk through during these days that we're living in. Amen? Amen? We need to be solid in the Lord as we walk through these days. And Paul's praying that, that you would have a spirit of wisdom, revelation, and a strong epinosis of who Jesus Christ is. Let me say this. I think it is important that if we're not already praying this way, to begin to incorporate this in our prayers about ourselves, about people we're praying for. God, fill them with 
experiential knowledge of who you are. We just don't want to rely totally on experiential knowledge, but we want to get the full understanding of experiential knowledge because it goes hand in hand with the Bible. When we know the Word of God accurately, that is a, that is a great thing. But when we're walking through life and we're experiencing the grace and the favor and the supernatural doors opening up that only God can open up, then we're living in a whole nother dimension of faith. We know, not only do we know up here that the Word of God is accurate, but we know living, living right in the path that we're living in, that that Word we're reading on a daily basis is coming alive and active in the life that we're living. Does that make sense? We want to live that way. We want to see God do amazing, miraculous things in the lives that we're living in and the lives of people that are dear to us. We want people to know to epinosis Jesus during the seasonal life we're living in. We need to pray that way, and we need to walk that way. We need to walk in the grace of the Lord. That, that just a, a, a side note that can I encourage you that when you sense that you're supposed to do something, do it. When you sense that you're supposed to say something to someone, do it. We need to get, uh, we need to con- continue, let me say that. We need to continue to grow in confidence that we're hearing the voice of the Lord. We need, we need to continue to do that. And the more we practice that, the more accurate we are. And the more we practice that and walk that, the more we see divine revelation of the way God's directing our hearts and lives. We need to, we, we, we need to do that. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? I mean, even in the workforce. It's just, it's been interesting. I've been, uh, let's see here, I resigned in um, July of 2017 is when I left Gothenburg. And I've been selling cars ever since. There are times I just say, say things to customers. I just say things. Sometimes they receive them, sometimes they don't. I guess what I was trying to say with that is it, it was interesting pastoring and standing up here and pastoring and saying what I'm saying. And it's a whole new ball game. standing up here, saying what I'm saying, living in a workforce, understanding what people are going through on a daily basis, and how does that interject, or how does that coincide with what God wants to do through us each day, each day. Each day, each day, God wants to use us as servants of the Lord to bring hope, healing, restoration, and the message of the Lord Jesus Christ to people every single day. We have that equipping in us. Those of us who know the Lord are equipped that way. So, a spirit of wisdom, revelation, with an epinosis of Jesus. He goes on in this scripture to say something else. 
he, sa- he says, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you will know the hope to which he has called you. That's interesting to me. And I probably got ahead of myself, didn't I, Chris? I got ahead of myself in the notes, didn't I? <laughs> that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. That's, and, and whatever translation you're, you're reading, it, the words are really close to that. It's not that, that God opened up their physical eyes. He's not saying that at all. He's saying, God, open up the eyes of their heart, the eyes of their soul. As a matter of fact, if I can think of one commentary when I was, when I was uh, preparing for this. Hmm. Enlighten, to give understanding as, respect, as respects the eyes of your soul. That's what Paul's praying for these people. He's saying, Lord, it's not, it's not that they would see with their eyes, but Father, that they would begin to see with the eyes of their soul that which you want them to see. And he prays that, and he prays it for three specific areas. He prays it, Father, open up their eyes of their, of their soul so that they would know the hope, that they would know the glorious inheritance, and that they would know the divine power that lives within them. We're never going to know that with these eyes, but we're going to understand it with the eyes of our soul as our eyes of our soul are being enlightened by the glorious Savior. So he says this, he says, Lord, open up the eyes of their soul so that they would know the hope that they're living, that they're living for and living in. Let me read this real quick. When we live in an expectation of hope, our lives change. Circumstances no longer have mastery over us. Instead, our confidence is Jesus' goodness and faithfulness directs how we respond to circumstances. Hope, he's talking about hope in two different areas. He's certainly talking about hope for that which is to come. In other words, salvation. Living in the hope that, that we're just on this earth for a time. Whatever that time is, we're just on this earth for a time, and we have a hope of salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ, those who believe in him. But he's also talking, I believe he's also referring to the hope that we have as we live here on this earth. We know the one who calls himself the I am. We know the one who is the resurrection and the power and life everlasting. We know the one who is the, has resurrection power today. And with hope in that, we can look and begin and continue to live in a, this life in a way that, that can, can change the outcome of our lives as we think about the circumstances that we go through. Because we all know by now, I'd imagine all of us in here know by now that um, life can have hard seasons. Amen? We can go through difficult times. That's life. The question is, as believers, how do we respond to those situations going on? 
Were we putting our hope in those situations? The living Lord Jesus, the resurrected King, dwells within each and every, every believer's heart. And with that, we have hope to face the day and hope to face the circumstances. As we begin to look or continue to look at situations in the, from the uh, framework of God, you have given me an eternal hope knowing that you work things out for my good, for my good in everything that I go through. It reminds me of Romans chapter 8, verse 20, um, verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to, to his purpose. That verse resonates with hope. We're all going to go through situations. We're all going to go through tough times. We have a God that we can trust on, trust in, trust on. We have a family that we can rely on, and we can walk through anything that comes our way with divine hope because he is faithful to carry us through any and every situation. Let me pray right now. I'm in the middle of my message, but let me stop and pray. Is that okay? Father, you know the heart of every single person in this place. And I pray for those right now that are struggling. They've been through an extremely, extremely hard time in their life. It, it, extremely hard. It's been devastating. Father, fill them with hope. Right now, Lord begin to speak over that situation that happened in the past, perhaps long, long ago, and fill them with divine hope and encouragement to know that you are there walking them through. Father, give them the strength, the mercy, and the grace to look to you and to begin or continue to trust in you that you're going to faithfully guide them and heal them from that past hurt, from that past anguish, from that past event that brought devastation. Heal them completely in the name of Jesus and fill them with hope for the future. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hope. Divine hope. Divine hope even for this very moment, even for this various day. And then he goes on to say this. Paul says that not only, Father, would you fill them with hope, but, Lord, that you would also, you would also help them to understand the riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints. Honestly, that, that one portion of Scripture, it's not even a full verse, 
but it's an entire message. But let me just say this about this, this one verse. Let me point us back up to, I think, verse 13, starting verse 13. And you were also included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked. You were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glorious, glorious name. What a prayer that Paul is praying for the people of Ephesus and for us as well. To know that we were marked. The minute that we gave our hearts to the Lord, we were marked, stamped upon our hearts. The promise of the Holy Spirit guaranteeing, the Word of God says, guaranteeing an inheritance in heaven. We can hear a lot of things. And we can hear a lot of things in our ears and perhaps maybe in the in, in uh, uh, situations that people grew up in, uh, there may be some doubts, but let us be confident of, the, confident of this, that God, when we said, Jesus, come into my life, marked our hearts, marked us eternally with a guarantee of the Holy Spirit. And as we continue to live for him, we will find ourselves in heaven celebrating one day. That day is certain and it will come. It will come despite the situations that are yet to come on this earth. There is a day that we will rejoice in heaven on high with God our Savior. And we will laugh and we will dance and we will carry on and we will Walk streets of gold, and those days are coming. It's guaranteed. Those days are coming. That hope of a glorious inheritance is for those who trust in Jesus. That day will come. That itself brings tremendous hope. That itself. And God again is here to bring tremendous hope in every situation that we go through. So he's talking about, Lord, fill them with hope. Lord, continue to encourage them with an understanding of the, of the inheritance, the glorious inheritance that is in the, within the saints or in the saints. And then he, he ends this prayer, or as far as, as a, a point, he ends this prayer talking about this. He says, and the third thing, Lord, fill them or reveal the, to them your incomparably great power for us who believe. And then he goes on to explain that power or begin to touch on, on, the, mm, on the power of that power. I'm not sure if that makes grammatical sense. But he touches on the power of that power. That power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come.
And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So he says to God, he's praying to God, Lord, fill them with with eyes that see the hope that they have, the glorious inheritance they have, and the incomparable great power that resides with them. And then he goes on to explain that power. He says that power is the same power you used to raise Christ from the, from the dead, and, and now he sits far above every rule and dominion in the heavenly realms. He sits above that, and we have that power within us. Amen? We have that power within us. We have the power to speak life over death. We have the power to sing joy instead of mourning. We have the power to walk through various situations of life and change the circumstances around us. Not anything but us, but the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. We have the power to walk up to people and proclaim the good news and see people changed, miraculously changed from death to life. That power resides within us. The power to continue to live with great understanding that it's not I who lives, but Christ who lives within me. The power to know that, that it's nothing of my doing of, of any good thing that happens in my life, but it, all, it is the power of Christ bringing hope and revelation and joy and excitement to my life. The power of the living Lord walking and directing our hearts. That power is, is strong enough that as we continue to walk through these end times and continue to see things before our eyes that in days past would have absolutely, um, absolutely, mm, what's, what am I trying to say? It, it, it would have devastated us. It would have, it would have um, bewildered. That's the word I'm looking. Absolutely bewildered us. And now we're living in days that those days that would have bewildered us now we're living in those days that we're seeing those things happen, but we have the power to overcome those things. We have the power to live a life righteously. We have, a, we have the power and the equipping to lead people into a life-giving relationship. We've been equipped to live in this time. In the book of Acts, Paul also talks about that, that God has destined us to live in the exact place and the exact time that he's called us to live in. It's by no mistake that we're living in uh, Nebraska. It's by no mistake you're living here in Crete or wherever you live. It's no, by no mistake you're attending Radiant Springs right now because God is equipping you to live in this time that we're living in. You are equipped to do it. You're equipped to, to speak over people's lives and bring healing and restoration and understanding and joy, compassion and relief, grace and mercy. Amen?
Amen. Let's have the worship team come up, and we're going to begin to, and we're going to start to um, end this service with a song. And while they're continuing, or as they start to sing this song, I want to just briefly touch on something, and that's the power of the Lord living in our lives. Obviously, I don't know every one of you. Some of you I do know. Most of you I do not know. I don't know where your heart is with Jesus. I don't know uh, if you walked in here for the first time today. I don't know if you've... I don't know. But I know that I've been talking about hope and inheritance and a power. And it's my prayer that each one of you would know that great power, mercy, salvation in the Lord. Having that power is a direct result of giving your life to the Lord Jesus Christ of saying, Lord, without you, I'm powerless. Without you, my, my mind and my heart is full of worry and anxiety. Without you, I, there just seems, it, it, life is a struggle in everything I do. I promise you, promise you, that if you would say, Lord, going to trust you. Come into my life. He'll set you free from the bondage of sin. He'll set you free from the, from the, the, from the bondage of sin, and he'll begin to heal you, begin to do a work, a work of grace and anointing and love. So I encourage you that if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, just simply repeat this prayer after me. Father in heaven, I give you my heart. Lord, wash away every sin of my life. I know you're able to do it. Set me free, Lord. I want to know that power. I want to know the hope. I want to know the joy. Come in my heart reside with me forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's sing. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm, So good. So good. Father, I thank you for the precious, precious people of Radiant Springs. I thank you, Lord, for your heart for them. Thank you for your tender joy that rests upon them. I pray for your strength upon them as they walk through this week. For Father, and as Paul, as Paul prayed for the people of Ephesus, I pray, Father, that you would Fill the people, the precious people of Radiant Springs with a spirit of wisdom and revelation that they may epinosis you 
may they know may may you enlighten the eyes of their hearts in order that they will know the hope within you the glorious inheritance for all the saints and the incomparably great power for those who believe. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Thank you for this time together, Lord. Fill us, anoint us, send us forth with the equipping to be the people of God you had called us to be this week. In Jesus' mighty name we pray it. Amen. Amen. God bless you. It has been a pleasure to be with you. Uh, Thank you so much. Dismissed.